couple of weeks ago, I made a list of things that I want to get done before I head off on vacation on Thursday. That list included things like clean out your email inbox and catch up on correspondence and update our parish record, that book we have in which we record weddings and funerals and child blessings. Looking at this list, I realized they pretty much could all fall under the heading of clean up your life. So in the last few days, I've been on something of a tear about this. I deleted or filed, mostly deleted, over 2,500 old emails that were just hanging around. I cleaned out the bag I carry my stuff in. Oh, that's where that was. I tidied up my desk. I'm not done yet, but there is some order emerging from the chaos. It's been observed, I can't remember by whom, that the problems in our society these days are mostly problems of excess. Unlike some other parts of the world where there's simply not enough resources, where people just don't have enough of what they need, here, more often, we have too much. Too many choices, too much to do, too many channels on the TV, too much stuff. In this more spacious time of summer, I'm feeling this urge to bring more order to my life, to clean up and clear out, to have less clutter around me, but also inside me too. But doing this, I realize I have mixed feelings about this. My mom was this organized person when I was a teenager, and that was the last thing I wanted to be. The last thing I wanted to be was a list maker. Too much order makes my adolescent self at least feel like that would be limiting and too rigid, leaving little room for flexibility and spontaneity. And then if you think about this on a national or global or societal scale, strictly enforced order can lead to oppression and injustice. You know, I think, that law and order can be code for targeted and unequal enforcement of the law. But if you look around, if you pay attention to our beautiful world in this refulgent summer, you see patterns. You see a beautiful order of things. The rising of the sun and its going down. The turn of the seasons. The patterns in a flower, a leaf, the wing of a bird. We heard this just now in Psalm 19. The being and beauty of the universe declares the glory of God. No words are necessary. 
contemplation of nature revives my soul. When I view this as unspoken teaching, I am wise. When I align myself with love, my heart rejoices. This enlightenment is more to be desired than gold. It is sweeter than honey and my great reward. There is a beauty in this kind of order, and there is an order, a pattern, in this kind of beauty. A balance, a belonging, a relatedness, a rightness. And when you're in the presence of it, you know it, and it feels good. But as I said already, for much of my life, I have resisted being too orderly or ordered. I wanted to be more spontaneous than that. But you know, it's not very liberating or spontaneous when you have to keep looking for your stuff. Has anyone seen that scrap of paper that I wrote that important phone number down on? The invitation is to align ourselves with a deeper, more grounded voice, with that spirit and source of life itself, so that we are part of that flow. Cleanse me of my secret faults and presumptuous sins. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O God, my strength and my redeemer. Help me to be attuned to the beautiful and life-giving order that is all around if I will only notice. Help me to find the right way by listening to that longing that's always there, that quiet voice within. A year or so ago, our daughter Emma lent me a book. It's by a woman named Marie Kondo, and it's called The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. Does anybody know this book? It was a New York Times bestseller. It created quite a stir for a while, a year or two ago. It's about the Japanese art of decluttering and organizing. And the idea is to get rid of the things you don't need. And Marie Kondo is, what should I say, very, very clear about this. She says, get rid of everything you don't need, and particularly if something doesn't spark joy, then let it go. Last fall, I saw a cartoon in the New Yorker magazine about this making fun of this. A burglar is in a house wearing a burglar's mask, of course, and there's a TV and a stereo and other things in this room, and he's holding a boombox to his chest, and he's saying, do I need it? Does it spark joy? <laughs> Last summer, I read Marie Kondo's book, and I did feel inspired by that promise of a more organized and more ordered life. It actually made me think, I should and could do this. But then one thing led to another, and here we are. 
I kept thinking for months, I could at least start with my sock drawer, but I couldn't even get that done. And so now, finally, in the last few days, I'm starting to clean up my life. But I have to confess, on my computer desktop, where the the full-size screen images of this beautiful picture I took one summer day of the Yellowstone River in its canyon in Yellowstone National Park, a place where I love to hike and fish. I have this picture, but there are so many now documents on my desktop, all these little annoying icons. You can't even see the picture of beauty. And I offer that to you as a confession and as a symbol that I want to pay attention to. So I don't know about you, but this is a sermon I myself need to hear. An invitation to embrace order, the beautiful kind of order, to trust that we are meant to lead good and grounded and holy lives, and that the way to do this, at least one way to do this, is to deal with the stuff and the noise that would keep us from that so that we can then be in touch with what is going on underneath the surface. To get past the daily clutter and clatter so we can ask those bigger questions. Who am I? What am I here for? Am I spending my days the way I want to? And if not, what's keeping me from that? Listen to these words from Annie Dillard. How we spend our days is, of course, how we spend our lives. What we do with this hour and that one is what we are doing. A schedule defends from chaos and whim. It is a net for catching days. It is a scaffolding on which a worker can stand and labor with both hands at sections of time. A schedule is a mock-up of reason and order, willed, faked, and so brought into being it is a peace and a haven set into the wreck of time. It is a lifeboat on which you find yourself, decades later, still living. A schedule certainly can be constraining sometimes, but it can also be liberating. You have to figure out what is the right amount of order for you. How we spend our days is, of course, how we spend our lives. The question is, are you spending your days, these sweet summer days especially, how you want to, how you are meant to? There is this beautiful order in our world that we do catch glimpses of from time to time. The stars in the night sky, that meteor shower that comes around every August, the moon waxing and waning, which causes the tides to ebb and flow. And there are patterns also in human life and in human community. 
patterns for good and patterns for ill. There is order that liberates, and there is order that oppresses. It was Martin Luther King Jr. who observed that, he said, never forget that everything Hitler did in Germany was legal. In this faith tradition, we hold to the promise that we do live in a moral universe. And as Theodore Parker said, that universe does bend toward justice. What is needed, William Safford reminded us this morning, is that we be awake and clear about our intentions and our commitments. If you don't know what the kind of person I am, and I don't know the kind of person you are, a pattern that others made may prevail in the world. And following the wrong God home, we may miss our star. What are the patterns we need to follow? And what are the patterns that we need to push against and even disrupt and change? What are the patterns that will keep us and others healthy and happy? And are there ways that you want and need to reorder how you spend your days? For me, I'm going to stop acting as if I don't have enough time to get my life more in order. I'm really going to try and stay on top of that email inbox. Yesterday I got started on this. I finally cleaned out my sock drawer. <laughs> it's a small it's a start. A tiny little start, but I do expect that these small acts of tidying up maybe I could even call them small acts of faith, will help me to sense a greater sense of spaciousness and even more grace in my life. I told you at the start that I share this tendency toward disorder with my mom, and we also share this longing for more order. She has this quote on her refrigerator I see every time I go visit. It says, order is a lovely thing. On disarray, it lays its wing. I once knew a minister who loved standing at the kitchen sink washing dishes. One night I was standing in his kitchen and he was happily washing dishes. And he was talking about this. He said, there's enough in my life that I can't control. But this problem right before me, dirty dishes, I can fix this. Order out of chaos, he said with a smile. And of course, this may not be your issue. You may be someone who's a little too attached to order. Maybe you need more flexibility and spontaneity in your life. Maybe nobody has ever told me this yet, but maybe you have too much calmness in your life and you need to stick your neck out and take some risks and spice things up. 
what I know wherever you are on that spectrum. What I know is this, that you have the answers you need within you. And if you ask, you will be answered. If you seek, you will find. The invitation in these summer days is to feel the grace and the blessing of our world. The beautiful order that is there, that is always there, even in spite of the ways it has been threatened and desecrated. The invitation is to be awake to the particular gift that is your life and to be attuned to the calling of your own soul, to trust that it will lead you by the right way. So in these days, let us be open to that mystery that surrounds us and companions us. Let us make the time to bask in its presence so that our days and our lives will be ones that are shaped for good. In this changeable life, let us trust that what Whittier wrote is true. The letter fails, the systems fall, and every symbol wanes. The spirit overseeing all, eternal love remains, now and forever. Amen.